0: live uh, at least for a few minutes anyway until the storm blows everybody away uh, <laughs> you have a generator <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm good but if uh if i'm here by myself i'm just gonna uh chug the last of my beers and wrap it up but um <laughs> no thanks everybody for joining us tonight it is episode what is this 14 13 13 13, I think. 13 episode 13 uh we're gonna do another style series tonight talk about scotch ales uh guess some history uh and some information laid down about that um and and brandon's already hiding in his basement excellent uh it got dark real fast here so this this could uh this could be a good one we'll see but anyway um yeah brian what are you drinking tonight
1: so as we're home brewers uh i usually always start my my shows with uh, at least some sort of homebrew so um this is a rye wine that i made oh. so not exactly you know the style uh, scotch ale or anything like that but uh it's sort of like a barley wine with uh gosh i think this recipe has something like 40 percent rye malt in it oh. so a lot of beta glucans uh it's very thick um if you've ever had or like seen like a ropey sour beer um it almost sort of has that consistency to it except i carved the hell out of it um but it's it's very smooth Did
0: you carve it up even more than uh than when you bottled
1: yeah it's 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 probably a little bit more than than when I gave you that bottle um to style i mean like it's probably like another i would say like point three point four volumes over what like you'd normally carb like a barley wine to uh it's so viscous that you just need to like absolutely pump c o two through it to yeah uh, to to get it like even a little bit carbonated.
0: No, it definitely was a a, a thick beer. But it's super good. Um, the cherry, I thought flavor came through really nice after it warmed up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned, yeah, I put cherry in it too. So tart yeah. Michigan cherries in it too. Right, what are you drinking?
0: Uh, my tradition is actually almost to start nearly every show with a Guinness. So I'm, uh, All right. I'm holding true to that. <clears throat> I, uh, I am slacking. As I, I said earlier today, I'm, I'm, falling way behind on my beer chores, so all I really have in uh, homebrew wise is my my blueberry milkshake nipa. which is named Little Lad because uh, <laughs> berries and cream. <laughs> berries and cream. I can't remember the next line. <laughs> I'm a little lad that loves berries uh, and cream. My little lad. Loves it's its namesake. And cream. That's right. Ah. <laughs> uh, but I have so much other beer, uh, you know, beer and kegs and in, in in storage and beer and carboys that needs to be kegged and carbed and I just need to get off my ass, to get that stuff done.
1: So The more the more you do it, the more you package it, the sooner you can drink it, which means the sooner you can make more beer, right? It's it's a never ending pipeline.
0: Exactly. You just exactly. Do it. And then I've got, you know, the the ideas to do the uh the pineapple milkshake, uh IPA and I've got I've got my, my packets of Philly sour came in so I can be like you and Brandon. We've got so much more beer to brew.
1: And Jordan uh, has some packs too. Um, yeah. And you guys will notice that Jordan isn't here. He may pop in. Uh, you know, he has uh, some, some data uh, duties tonight. So uh, if he, yeah, if he can pop in, he'll pop in. Uh, in the meantime, if there's anybody that had any interest in popping into and talking about Scotch Ales with us or, or whatever else, I mean, feel more than free to to ping us or whatever, mention it in chat. and We can shoot you yeah. an invite or something. The more the merrier, always. So,
0: Yeah, I threw a post up before the show. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, if anybody has any, uh, you know, love of Scotch Ale or knowledge, knowledge on Scotch Ale, then yeah, by all means, come on in and hang out with us. I. Went through my freezer or fridge, keyser and fridge earlier today. I don't even have any scotch ales in the house to drink. You know, I thought I had to have some backwoods bastard hiding around somewhere. No, couldn't find any.
1: I um, um, I have a barrel-aged Scotty Karate sitting downstairs that I grabbed. I might try to open that in a little bit. That's a wee heavy, I believe, right? So, yeah. So, well, we'll get to that. It's like the, the kind of strong bastard
0: of a, a scotch ale. So... We're going to dig into Scotch Ales, which I have to say, I know you said it's your, what is your, one of your favorite, uh, wintertime?
1: We have these especially, but yeah, like, uh, and, and they're, they're, it's, I feel like it's kind of a dark horse sort of forgotten style, right? Like even if you look in the BJCP or BJCP guidelines, uh, you'll notice that there's not like a lot of, uh, example beers for uh, the styles, especially like the Scottish lights, Um, and, and, uh, which I think is sad because they're, they're, I wouldn't call them like refreshing beers by any means necessarily. They're usually like pretty rich and they could be like a little bready, um, or a little biscuity. Um. I think, uh, I was doing some research prior to the show and Michael Jackson, like the, uh, the late, uh, British, like beer and whiskey writer, he called them, uh, a in fold bodied and, and malty. So yeah, I don't know
0: <laughs> whatever en, in, in means, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the kind of, you know, I kind of think of Scotch Ales and in, in this style as being like. Uh, you know, the, 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 anti-IPA, you know, every IPAs are all there to highlight the, the, the hops and you get the hop bitter and the crisp finish and scotch ales all seem to be the malt and the different malt characters and, and things like that. And they're just big, in my opinion, kind of heavy malt bombs. Um, which they have their place. I'm not, I'm not opposed to them. Like I am barley wines, <laughs> but, but they're it's not my favorite go-to. Uh, yeah. They're,
1: they're very much like English beers, right? You don't see a lot of English milds around or anything right. like that. Um, and they share a lot of similarities because, uh, you know, there was a lot of importing and exporting done, um, between them and Britain back in like the, you know, 1800s and 1900s and stuff. Um, so we can talk about like history a little bit. Um, <laughs> cheers. cheers yeah what's everybody what what's everybody else drinking out there uh we gotta all be drinking something in order to deal with listening to us too but uh drinking too <laughs> so a lot of a lot of uh the history that i found um really dates back into like probably the mid 1800s um so uh as people probably know the uh, scottish are, are big like whiskey you know distillers and they always have been for a while um a lot of the malt that's grown for uh like whiskey and stuff is is grown in the northern part of scotland or at least was um i don't know if still is uh but a lot of the the barley that was grown for beer that uh, was grown in southern scotland and uh uh, one of the more prominent kinds of, I think we still use today, um, is golden promise. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the, the traditional, like Scottish malt. Um, so it's really like biscuity and I think it's a little bit darker actually than like normal two row. Um, Scottish beer in general sort of has that, uh, that, um, sort of caramel looking color to it. You know, it's, uh, maybe like a, a light Brown to a dark Brown, depending and we'll kind of get on that. There's some, there's some interesting things as far as the colors go um, as the, the styles kind of change for, for Scottish beer. But um, supposedly, and, and I couldn't find like a, a strong source to verify this, but supposedly um, uh, it's really difficult to grow hops in Scotland. I don't know if you stumbled across that too. Yep.
0: I've actually, um, You know, I did, I found more of that. I think when we were doing the IPA uh, show, but yeah, I, I, I read that a couple of different times. It's, it's hard to grow in the Northern. It's getting too wet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a, there's a lot of rain. So there's a short harvest period um, potential for a lot of disease and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, traditionally before a lot of, a uh, cop like importing was done, um, they were using, uh, all sorts of other ingredients for, you know, balancing out that, um, that, that malt, you know, sweetness. And I think Heather was, was a, a popular one. I see Heather mentioned a lot. Um, I'm sure there's some other things too, but, um, part of that is, is sort of like, it's kind of why it's assumed that, uh, Scotch beers or Scottish beers uh, are a little bit sweeter. Um, or it's more appropriate for them to be a little more sweet, even the really, really low ABV ones. Um, yeah, Yeah. no, no, you're fine. Um, and it, it got to the point where, um, where, where some of the beer was, was so sweet and this, this kind of, uh, it, it brings us into like, we heavies a little bit, um uh we'll talk about like the the shillings and stuff like that in a second and and that sort of like uh, connotation but some of the beer was so strong and so sweet that they would pour little uh like nips of it at a time and uh it's it's assumed that people would like to take you know little nips like maybe six ounce pours of this beer and, and uh drink it with whiskey uh to sort of balance out like the harshness from the whiskey so a little bit of a sweeter beer with a little bit of you know a alcoholic bite for the whiskey and and sort of drink those together not necessarily mix them together but maybe
0: yeah actually the i think they did there in my research i found a lot of um uh historical uh cocktails even that were made with uh traditionally made with wee heavies mixed with a whiskey or um a scotch but i got a little far off field on that when i started going down (laughs) a a rabbit hole but um (laughs) But yeah, I, I, and I was teasing earlier when I, I wanted to, to, you know, uh, affirm like what you'd said, you know, that, that this was, you know, pre hops and when they were using, uh, you know, more grit style beers with, with herbs to balance out the sweet notes. And, uh, um, and, and I think what I had read was that they just kind of led into these malt forward, malt heavy, uh, you know, Scotch ales. Uh, and, and they've been around for, for a thousand years. It's like one of the older styles of, of beards. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and that kind of goes into historically, like, uh, you'll see a lot of beers, like Scottish beers labeled as like, uh, like 60 shilling, 70, 80, like a hundred, 120. Um, so, uh, I didn't really know this until maybe like even a couple of years ago when I was reading an article about it. So um it's it's so the the shilling ratings or whatever uh on beer it's not necessarily a a, a mark of you know, like alcohol content in the beer or anything like that it was historically more of a uh like a price point per like hogshead uh of uh of of the beer so and I think like a hogshead is something like it's about one and a half times like a barrel I think it's something like or maybe it's twice as much as a barrel. I want to say it's something like 62 like gallons or something like that. Um I'll have to go like actually look that up, but um th- there was issues when they started to do a lot of like I- importing and exporting and stuff like that um back in the 1800s. So um people would see, you know, maybe like a, a 60 shilling beer for sale or something like that. But the 60 shilling maybe is only the price you know in a in a a barrel or something like that when you up it to a hogshead because of the volume it becomes you know maybe like a 90 shilling or something like that beer uh, because that's how much the barrel is selling for that's how much the invoice price is um so there was there was a lot of confusion uh with like the the naming system back then uh and it's sort of it led to a lot of confusion. I mean, that's why that system's not even used anymore. But for some reason, a lot of that is has been carried
0: through a little bit. And see, I... I um, I In most of my research even today, because I, I had heard both, and maybe that's something we can dig into, because I'd heard both ways. Uh, and in fact, if you go to... Uh, you know, just Googling like the history of a Scotch ale, there's many sites, many, many reputable sites that that strictly say it's ABV based on taxation. Um, And that, you know, the lower the alcohol by volume, uh, the lower the shilling count. So they started at 50 or 60 shillings for light beer and the price would increase as the alcohol content increased.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's totally right. Um, But the the issue would be like, then I guess when they started, you know, exporting this beer or something, as those, um, as those volumes would change, the shilling amount would change too, because it's a different volume of beer now. Right. So say you're selling like, you know, uh, a barrel versus a, you know, a hogshead or, or something. So
0: you're saying away. the quantity of alcohol changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And therefore the shilling changed. And so it's not necessarily like a 60 shilling could be the same thing as a 90 shilling. And that's where like a lot of confusion came in. That's why the naming system's not used anymore. I think it used to be okay when it was all sort of like local and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like you going to going like the ABV stuff again, cause I'm, I'm probably going a little bit,
0: Oh. no no it was just that it was the you know um it, it, what i read in the research that i did on it you know was the the 50 60 shilling beers were considered like the session ales two and a half three and a half percent alcohol by mm-hmm. volume um you know 70 to 80s in that five percent range and then your your 90 shillings your wee heavy so that's where the wee heavy came in was the strong scotch ale or wee heavy at 90 shilling was was your big imperials your 10 percent mm-hmm. um and uh and so the, the the historical practice I read about was it was strictly determining the beer's tax race based on its alcohol content. But I didn't get any into anything about changing the size, you know, when they moved from, like you said, from a hog's to uh you know a different barrel size. Like an
1: imperial barrel or an something. An imperial like barrel,
0: yeah. Um, I, I just I, I didn't stumble across that. So it's interesting ultimately um and so the reason that
1: the naming system is discontinued is really because it's confusing as it's, fun, right? it's just the two of us even reading about the history right. of it is yeah bullshit yeah. so
0: <laughs> you know it, it, yeah exactly
1: so now, now there's really like four styles that we really care about um there is what scottish light scottish heavy scottish export and we heavy is kind of an outlier the BJ.
0: strong, right? Yeah,
1: the, the BJCP uh, considers it like a British strong ale. Um, right. But yeah.
0: Yeah, those are, yeah, the, the, the four that I had were Scottish Heavy, Scottish Light, Scottish Export, and Strong, uh, which I think counts as, as the we heaviest fit in there, too. Jason's agreeing with you a bit,
1: too. Jason is agreeing with me. Sorry, I've got too many screens. No, no, you're fine. He's <laughs> I think he just exited his screen. Uh yeah, so uh the higher the shilling, the higher the ABV. And and that's totally correct. Um that's what I understand too. It's just that as uh, as from what I understand, um again, as volume um amounts changed and stuff like that, uh, when importing and exporting a uh, sixty shilling maybe was not a 60 shilling anymore because the volume changes i'm not explaining that really right but (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, a higher higher shilling higher
1: higher alcohol much 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 more to be uh uh, read up on there
0: so you know like breaking it down into the the bjcp categories uh they still kind of follow the same thing You, you, you get you get you know uh lighter beers uh you know, kind of more of that easy drinking session ale versus the stronger ales. Um, the the color variations can really span, um, you know, even light to dark, even within your your Scottish light ale. Um, you know, I, I saw examples or the 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 uh, SRM, which so I just shut down all my windows and then knocked myself off stream, so I lost <laughs> all my data. Um, but yeah, the SRM rating can even even range pretty high and and in in any of them, um, from a, a light color to a, a darker amber beer, but typically it's going to be a malty, um, fruity, estery, uh, uh, you know, low hop profile um, British beer or English style beer.
1: So, uh, what what have you heard about peat malt and Scottish beers? It's an American thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's like it cracked me up when I read that, that uh, the, the reason, and, and unless you, if you got something to contradict me, that's yeah. fine. But what I read was uh, Americans, um, you know, heard of Scotch ale and thought of Scotch, the drink. Like peated Scotch. Peated Scotch. Yeah. And when we started recreating recipes, we went for that peaty uh, smoke flavor. And that is actually not at all uh, true to historical uh style that that is an american um change much like general size chicken and uh tacos
1: yeah nothing (laughs) throws me off more than to like buying like a a wee heavy from like a brewery somewhere and it just has that like smoky earthy like sort of taste to it i just can't i'm Uh. not a big fan of like that taste and uh yeah it's not the style don't brew your beers like that. Don't brew right. your beers like that. Shit, nobody should put smoke in any beer, but that's Thank that's my personal preference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time I have to drink a, a, and taste a shitty smoked beer and 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 try to come up with something nice to say about it, I just die a little bit inside. They're just awful. <laughs> uh, that's just me. You know, I know we have viewers out there probably love smoked beers and you're all you're all wrong. That's all.
1: <laughs> um I mentioned this earlier too, and it might have just been on like a personal share of mine. Uh but as far as like uh writing goes, um, when you see uh, Scottish beer talked about like in text and stuff like that too, uh, sometimes you'll see like a, a slash and then a dash um uh after like a number. So like um let's see if I can add this. That's a really terrible, uh, example there, but, uh, so that 60 slash dash would denote like a 60 shilling beer, um, for example. So you might see that on, uh, some, some, some breweries trying to bring back like naming conventions and stuff like that for like sales and stuff.
0: They're but, trying to be hipster cool, and, uh, <laughs> which is fine.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm all about that. That hipster cool. I and mean, there's, I think one of the classic examples that the BJCP lists, um, Uh, is specifically called out to be like a old school like 60 shilling beer or something like that Um, but yeah what what were you gonna say
0: no i was just reading through that actually they're still indicated or they were indicated in the bjcp guidelines you know like scottish light ale was was kind of denoted afterwards by the the 60 slash minus and yeah, yeah. Uh, Scottish heavy was the 70 dash minus or slash minus and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's still there. Um, but, but yeah, alcohol content varies greatly. And, uh, Rudy had
1: mentioned something earlier about, uh, you mentioned something about thought somebody asked a question about a wee heavy earlier. No, I can't
0: find it. He, uh, he, he brewed his first wee heavy. Congrats, Brew dude. Brewed his first uh, wee heavy on July 1st.
1: There it is. Yeah, I can scroll back to
0: that. 12.6 ABV. Um, but then same guy went on to say that he added two ounces of smoked malt. <laughs> no, no, I'm just giving you shit, man.
1: No, It's it's all personal preference. I can't do it. Um I know you have your personal reasons. I just don't, I don't care for the taste.
0: Yeah. I, I used to be a heavy smoker and I know it's weird, but I I was a heavy smoker and I took, uh, uh, some drugs to not make or make me not smoke anymore. Legal drugs, legal drugs, Chantix. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, I got through it and I've never smoked a cigarette again. It made me to basically hate all things smoke with a passion. Uh, I can't even eat some smoked meats anymore. Uh, it's crazy. It's really weird what it does to my um it, it did to me, but I'm not smoking four yeah, but I'm not smoking four packs of cigarettes a day anymore, so I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just drinking uh, you know, four four packs a day or something.
0: Whatever. You know. <laughs> so I just opened your lager, pseudo lager? Uh
1: Saffir Sapphire. Sapphire lager. Yep. Um Sapphire Hop Lager. Uh a la, like, um, Firestone Walker Pivo pills. Oh, man.
0: So we didn't we didn't have anybody uh, share any beers with us drink on air today. So I was just going to drink. I was going to drink yours and tear it apart. But <laughs> um, no, that's really tasty. Thanks. It's got a little fruity. What what is Sapphire? I've never really used those hops. What does it throw? Um, what are the characteristics?
1: I'm going to look it up because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and, and that's a good call out, too. If anybody else wants to ever, like have us drink their beer on the screen and tear it apart no, i'm just joking uh compliment it wholeheartedly uh, by all means we love free beer so
0: um, absolutely and we will drink your fear <laughs> we'll
1: uh, strong but pleasantly it. spicy with sweet fruity overtones, citrus red berries mild and approachable and i get you know, i
0: don't get very citrusy i get some I get some i get that berry e fruity it's good though. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super
1: super real good. simple recipe just pills malt and uh and a saffron hop schedule with a blogger yeast it's almost is it could it be considered a smash? A, a smash yeah actually i'll have to go look at the recipe but i think it could be considered a smash awesome good beer i might have bittered with something actually oh no you know what it calls for a noble hop edition in there and uh somebody gave me some noble citra hops at one point in time that i didn't know what to use you know it for so I threw in like an ounce of noble citra hops in there for so the, a the
0: noble citra they hops are what's left over after they extract uh, the citra hop oil, right? Or either that or after they make like the, uh,
1: like the CO2 like hops, like the the cryo hops, the cryo hops, I think possibly <clears throat> it's something like that.
0: So I knew it was it, they're, it, they're it, super it,
1: low alpha. It's
0: basically leaving citra leavings that, that mm-hmm. yeah, don't have the high alpha content, but have still have that good citra. Uh, aroma flavor so good for late edition hops right
1: yeah i, I want to call it a marketing ploy you know honestly just using up leftover uh it is you know crap Absolutely. but i mean it, it works well and yeah, tastes good and if it's cheap enough like i keep buying it
0: so we're jumping off topic again so back to the scotch ales. So some some <laughs> some common uh scotch ales you see here in michigan are of course going to be backwards bastard um and then you mentioned dark horses uh just lost it scotty karate scotty karate thank you um and the barrel age version i don't see a lot of breweries though uh really doing a lot of the scotch style ales um
1: i've never seen yeah i've never seen a light uh an export or a heavy at all ever ever on tap i don't think i've ever bought one it's always a wee heavy
0: i think around here locally i think a couple of craft breweries in, in kalamazoo i know um one well had, I think a Scotch ale at one point, going way back. I think I've seen Papa do it, but um, yeah, don't really see a lot of a lot of uh, people making it or brewing it. Uh, I mean, I should not. I should back up. In the club, it seems like we have quite the following of people that brew Scotch ales, and uh, you know, I know McClellan's always doing them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I still think we heavies are probably more common, even like in home brewing and stuff like that. Right. Um, I, I'm going to be the guy that says I don't think I've ever actually brewed, you know, a uh, a light export or a
0: no. A I honestly haven't even brewed a We heavy. I, I haven't brewed any of the Scotch series. I've used, um, you know, some of the the yeast. Yeah, Patrick was correct. It was it was a key. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> right on. Um, you know, I, I, I've used some of the yeast uh that's typical for but i've never actually brewed it to be you know we have your scotch ale
1: i i'm glad you brought up yeast um because that's one thing i i didn't take a lot of uh, notes on b- before the show but um it's one of uh, so scottish yeast is like one of my favorite yeasts to use for like just about everything but besides maybe like an ipa and even then i just i just haven't used it for one um so Scottish yeast tends to not attenuate super high, um, in my experience, and it tends to not have a very high ABV tolerance. Um, usually it's around like 10% and maybe like like super low 70s attenuation, um, if that. So something like Imperial Tartan is what we have around here. Um, I'm not sure what like the Omega or, or White Labs numbers are right off the top of my head. Um, but because like the attenuation is is a little lower and the ABV is a little lower, um, it makes it super super predictable for really high ABV beers like we heavies, uh, or I like using it for imperial stouts too. Um, the The reason being is that I can um, mash a little lower, like a you know one forty eight to uh, one fifty two or something like that, at a uh, you know moderately high ABV or original gravity, and I know uh, with with within a couple points probably every single time uh, where my final gravity is going to be um, because the yeast are going to die out. So if I want to brew, you know, a 10, percent beer or something like that, cause you, you can always squeeze out like a, a couple extra percentages um, uh, above a yeast's like attenuation. Typically I find, especially if you, you do like a nice pitch and um, oxygenate it really well. Mm-hmm. um uh, i i like targeting maybe around like ten ish for like my like russian imperial stouts and uh, tartan gets me there just like almost every single time um yeah just because just i know mm-hmm. it's it's just gonna die off it's not gonna attenuate past it or anything like that um no i, I agree and it yeah the flavors are great i i can't i, I like using tartan much. for
0: for stouts <laughs> um i've even used tartan I have actually used tartan for a black IPA um, because it's what I had on hand at the time. And I do use it typically for starts uh, or stouts and stuff, but yeah, Tartan's great.
1: It's just like, it's, it's estery, you know, and yep. uh, as, as that typical, like, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, like, uh, in the description for scotch beers, like, a uh, a little bit of fruitiness, um, mm-hmm. is not necessary, but appropriate. Uh, and I think it throws off a little bit of that. Um even maybe more of like a like a date or raisin sort of thing not not like a belgian yeast would maybe but um just just like a little bit of that just you know just a hint um I, I, yeah I, I really
0: like it yeah, and and glads mentioned this and i didn't actually realize that it's not my favorite style of beer from christmas but bells does their christmas ale with scotch ale i was thinking of it as a winter warmer kind of uh um that uh, for some reason I thought it was a spiced beer, but it's not. Brandon, a couple
1: of chats earlier said he found one, so he's going to be drinking one. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, you
0: know, it's funny, because I, I, this is how little I, I thought of Christmas ale. I'm pretty sure I have some from last year in the in the fridge, uh, in the beer fridge, and I overlooked it when I was looking for scotch ales earlier, because I oh, was right. thinking it was a, uh, in my head, it was a, uh, a spiced winter warmer type beer. Word up to Sons of Liberty. Welcome up, hey, Lee. <laughs> How's it going? What's up, man? <clears> throat> um
1: throat> oh, go ahead. No. No, I was just gonna go into uh um potentially like brewing or like um some tips on like brewing like a Scotch ale or something like that. Yeah, unless you had something no, right to say about like the history or the style. No, the no, world. I
0: was I was just looking for other Michigan beers around here that we might know that are Scotch Ale's, but it's uh it's hard to find.
1: I know. I'm trying to, again, I think that goes back to just how uh, little they're brewed. <laughs> and they age really well too, the Wee Heavies do. I don't think I've ever had like a an aged, um, you know, lower ABV Scotch Ale, one of the, you know, the main uh, recipes or anything like that. Uh, but the Wee Heavies age super well, in my opinion, uh, sort of like barley wines, like a little bit of oxidation um, does them good, in my opinion. You know, it's not always like, um it's not always like appropriate or whatever but it it tends to like some some of those like sherry flavors that come from oxidation yeah um, exactly like like can lend a little bit of uh complexity uh to the beer which i think is cool
0: uh Brandy, you're gonna have to tell us how that uh how that 2017 christmas sale is and how it holds up because i'm pretty sure that's if i don't have 28 <laughs> yeah I, i'm thinking <laughs> about it's probably pretty old <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, let's go into the, to, the brewing. So Brandon's actually asking about your winter. We heavy recipe.
1: Oh, that's funny. Cause I actually uh, have it. Uh, I wonder if I can just share beer Smith and we can talk about it real quick. Let me see. Yeah, if I can Pull it up.
0: Uh, you can throw it up. as another, another view. Uh, so while he's doing that, shout out to Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for joining us. That's my buddy Danny. And, uh, and the 2017 is pushing it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you I zoom I think I shared this.
1: It? Do I have to pull it in? uh Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can zoom it out anymore, but it's definitely shared on the screen. Um, yeah. Can you zoom it in, in, Beersmith? I've never actually had to do that before.
0: Beersmith is such
1: a wonky ass program. I don't see it.
0: Anyway. Open the restaurant. So It is open. Yeah.
1: No. uh You got it. I'm just using a huge S screen, so Go with uh, 27 it. Inch. <laughs> so um uh, I think I mentioned earlier, uh this malt right here, I don't know if we can see it on the screen, but that's uh, uh it's Golden Promise. So Golden Promise, uh, like I mentioned, is kind of one of the the mainstays of um Scottish beer. It's you don't have to use Golden Promise as like a base malt. Um it's definitely more maybe like a traditional, but any base malt will do. Um I tend to go with it because usually it's roughly the same price as like a a good two row malt. Um, I don't, so this is me being hoity toity. I don't tend to brew with breeze malt much anymore. Um, Or like the, the the cheap stuff that you can pick up at like bells or whatever, or like the Viking malt. Not that it's bad malt. Like I've made award-winning beers, you know, with breeze and stuff like that. Um, Lately, it's just that I'm trying to branch out more and, uh,
0: no, I, I think it's cool. Some of the malts that you've been trying have, have definitely been neat and interesting and stuff. But, um, for those of you that can, that, that, that can't really plan out your brew day so far in advance, like Mr. Steven, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I tend to buy in bulk too. So, you yeah. know, I'll buy a, a 55 pound sack, of golden promise. And then that's all I'm using for a while or, um, you know, Thomas Fawcett, Pearl malt or, uh, men like bark, you know, Pilsner or something like that. So, um, but yeah, uh mostly a uh um, Golden Promise base. And I'll see if I can put the recipe up on our Facebook page too and stuff like that. But um a pound of flaked rye. Um this is a this is a five and a half gallon batch, by the way. Uh about a half pound of honey malt. And then some black prints and some uh pale chocolate, uh mostly just for color. Uh black Prins is a uh de-husked um black malt. So uh, much like the Carafa Special malts. Uh, it's just there to add a little bit of color and try to not lend that extra astringency. Yep. Uh, and pale chocolate, I just like anything that's going to be a little bit darker. I like adding pale chocolate too. I think that of like out of all the malts that I've ever tried to sip from, or aside from a Carafa Special too, um that tastes kind of like chocolate milk to me. <laughs> so I I always just try to add a little bit of that here and there. And in fact, I'll even add it to um like blonde beers or something like that occasionally just like an ounce or something like that it'll barely change the color and and, and just sets my beer off like a little bit from other people's and i don't know if we've, we haven't done a presentation on this yet you know as far as like competition brewing or anything like that um but that's that's one of those you know tricks of the trade is setting your beer off a little bit where it's not inappropriate for the style but tastes different
0: Um, yeah in in the competition uh presentation we did i think we talked about you know kind of going with bigger bolder flavors that that kind of lends to that you know adding that little extra something just to kind of tweak their taste buds especially if you get later in the flight so that's my
1: tweaking especially if you go later in the flight yeah that's a good call and then kent goldings i like kent goldings a lot i use like for my rye wine i i could use like a bigger like Magnum or something like that uh, for my bittering. But instead I tend to just go and use like two or three ounces of like Kent Goldings just cause I, I don't know.
0: I I, I think there's some, my most used hop. I think,
1: I think there's some complexity to using a lot more of a low uh, uh, alpha acid hop than yep. using a little bit of a high. That's totally, you know, my, my head logic and has no, scientific backing or anything like that. Um, but that's what I do for a lot of my beers. And uh I don't know. I, I think they they usually turn out okay. And then obviously tart yeast. Uh, this says one package. I usually just type that into Beersmith um regardless of how much I'm pitching. Uh I think for for these big beers I usually do something like a uh um gosh, like a two and a half liter starter or something like that. Just just a heck of a lot. Um this was my third rendition of this beer. Um, I don't know actually how accurate this is. Um, it's the estimated ABV is only about eight and a half percent. Um, and I've definitely done versions of this beer that, um, have been a higher ABV. I don't know if I've actually brewed version two or version three. Um, like this is 9.2 or something, but, um, yeah. So there's, there's a trick to, that i think a lot of people end up doing with we heavies and i'm not sure how appropriate this is for uh like scottish uh like lights or you know heavies or exports um but what i've seen recommended and what i've started doing uh in the last couple years is i will take um gosh i want to say i'll pull about a gallon of wort um maybe about 30 minutes through the mash so most of the uh, starches are probably converted by that point. And uh, as the, the mashes are going still, I will boil uh, that gallon of wort that I pulled until I can boil it down to about like a cup of fluid, just a, a nice, thick, viscous cup of fluid. And near the end of my mash, um, I'll just pour that back in um, mm. as, I'm, uh, as I'm mashing out. And I think it—it's supposed to add like a, a nice, rich, like caramelly, malty complexity, um, which I think is more appropriate for for wee heavies than it is maybe for uh, like a Scottish light or something like that. Um, but uh, if you go and look at a lot of like the um, national homebrew competition, like winning recipes, um, at least a few of those will uh, recommend doing something similar. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I've had, I've had good luck doing that. And I think it's, uh, it's added some good flavor, uh, to the beer. So yeah, that's something to look into.
0: Yeah. I, I might, uh, I, I, I'd be interested to try that. I might, uh, might check out a, we wee heavy myself now. I've been thinking about it for a while. I just. Before I started making this rye wine,
1: it, it was probably one of my favorite, like strong, like high ABV beers. Um, I don't, brew high abv high abv beers much just because um sometimes they they take a a little while to you know get through and i tend to brew a lot of beer looking at i'm looking at my pipeline right now and i think i i just brewed my uh, 28th batch five gallon batch for the year nice so I'm just trying, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just pumping out beer this year.
0: Uh, so, I think this year I'm, I'm, I'm up to probably eight or nine. I don't have my, I keep my notebook and it's downstairs, but only probably eight or nine, but my big year was, uh, 2018. I brewed, I think I brewed 56 batches.
1: Holy crap. How yeah, do you was, even, yeah, I don't even know how to go. No, oh, you used to bottle a lot of that beer though. And just like keep I, it on the shelves and stuff. Yep. Didn't
0: you? I, I bottle a lot of it and, and just give it away. Yeah. yeah. No, there was one at one point in my fermentation chamber, say that loosely, aka the bathroom in the basement. <laughs> uh I I I had a picture somewhere. I had six beers and uh two meads going at the same time. Uh in, in, in fermentation. Yeah, I was I was pumping out. But you know, I I usually brew big before homebrew fest, which got canceled. Uh I brew big for competition, which everyone got canceled. Um, so, and, and not having the basement this year has really put a damper on my schedule. So basement's almost done. I'm going to actually have the keyser with kegs on tap, hopefully in a month or two, and then I'll get back in a big time. You're on mute.
1: I had a burp <laughs> earlier and I, I, I put myself on mute. So I wouldn't, uh, so I wouldn't, you know, have that be on air, but I'm just trying to protect y'all. Uh, no. So, so the wee heavy, um, is, is sort of like an imperial version of any other uh, Scottish beer you would want to brew. Literally. I think you could probably scale the grain down. And, um, for the most part, aside from the dark malts, uh, come out with, a a, a scottish light or you know heavier export or whatever um so there was there was something funny i actually wanted to talk about that i i discovered uh earlier today regarding those beers so um scottish light beers are actually um appropriately pretty dark or or at least like darker than um than their are like more alcoholic counterparts. So it's actually more appropriate for like the two or, you know, two and a half, three and a half percent, like Scottish light, uh, to be darker. And then as you go up to uh, a heavy and then an export, it actually lightens up a little bit as far as like, um, like style guidelines, which is funny because typically like for, uh, like British beers, the higher you go up in alcohol, the darker they become. Yep. So yeah, I just thought that that was kind of like a an interesting uh point to bring up is I don't know how like styli- stylistically like accurate it is, but as far as like the BJCP guidelines, like uh aside from We Heavy, when you go We Heavy, dark is
0: uh, I was gonna say the technically of the BJCP guidelines for the first three categories are the, the SRM's exactly the same, I believe. Unless it's... L- Light is a little darker. Is it a little darker?
1: Yeah, I think I think heavy and export are just uh, a little lighter or at least for the, the low end. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to open another beer real quick. Don't mind me. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of figured this would be a short episode. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the episodes like, you know, that, that deal with uh, maybe not as popular or maybe not as, uh, I don't know. Uh, so
0: no, I, I mean you're absolutely right. They're they're going to run a little bit shorter. We um, we we were trying to line up a couple of guests for this this week, but the uh, the scheduling conflicts with some of the guests. I think are going to push them out later in the week. Uh, we also had originally planned on only doing three episodes a month um, because we were going to fit in a, a homebrew meeting. That homebrew meeting got canceled. I think for the rest of the year. Uh, so now we're back to to fitting four episodes in. Uh, I can't use my fingers. We'll just have um, to
1: have, like, a bullshit episode every month. So, right. Um, so there's yeah. going to be
0: some <laughs> extra there. And then, to be honest with you, when we're sitting there talking about style series, like, we, we, we look at the styles that, that interest us the most. You know, like, uh, we can do a, a, probably two or three hours on sours. Um, it's going to be a long episode. Uh, we definitely want right. to do it,
1: but we don't want to. Like, maybe we'll have to break out kettle sours
0: and, like, uh, right. uh, sours. Uh, you know, and, and the same thing. It's like, right. I, I feel strongly about, you know, uh, the different fruited beer styles. And, uh, loggers, I think is going to be another, uh, crazy big episode just because mm-hmm. they're gaining in popularity now that we're getting more of these vike pseudo lager strains and homebrewers are doing, um, you know, more lagering and even you're doing tasty fucking loggers. <laughs> um, Crispy but, boys. uh, yeah, there's going to be some short episodes on, uh, scotch ale and, uh, I don't have a lot of good things to say about some Belgian ale strains when we get to that. Uh, uh, episode. When's that the last mean, time you bad, brewed a Belgian though. beer? Ah, uh, so I did a cherry double. Double, sorry. <laughs> I did a cherry double, and I think seventeen. I won a medal with it, and then I I, I brewed a couple more, but I won a, a fruit beer medal with it. Um, and then I I think I brewed a a, a couple more. Um, after that, and I, I just never kind of hit that high again. I should have just stuck with a fruit beer when I actually like, I took fruit out and just went with the Belgian style and they weren't as good. Um, and it's just not my favorite style to drink. Uh, again, that, that kind of malty spicy. Oh yeah. uh, Where, where Scotch ales are just kind of the malty sweet, the Belgian ales are more the malty spicy. Um, no, I, I totally get it. I, I I bring that up. I want stouts. I want, I want (laughs) I want earthy dark malts i don't want um you know sweet i don't like uh english or i'm sorry barley wines either so although your rye wine was good but I, I almost count that as a fruit beer because you put the cherries in. they were that's true delicious. did you ever did you ever have the the original whey, rye it's hard to say rye wine why rye
1: uh, that i made it uh i swear it tasted like chocolate milk like i'll have to have to remake the original recipe one of these days i did this because i I just, it was, it was calling for cherries the first time I made it. I'm just like, this, this is, yep. this has to have cherries in it. And I wanted to try <laughs> it. And now that I've done it, it's fine.
0: But, uh, I but going, you know, going back to the show though, I think, I think we'll, um, we, we do have some good guests lined up. I was talking to another couple of breweries today that are both interested. I don't want to give away names yet. Um, so we'll get back into the brewery guests. Um, and I'm really looking forward. We had a great turnout last week with, our home brewer episode i know brandon's in chat so i'm really looking forward to digging into some more homebrew recipes home brewer uh, <laughs> neither of
1: us can talk tonight
0: home brewer i'm only home one pet- beer
1: in man like
0: I, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is i think i should just do it i think patrick said earlier and just switch scotch
1: <laughs> i uh i know some people uh comment they'll want to see what we're drinking too so this is a
0: yeah, turn your fade
1: off. I know, I'm I'm uh I'm I'm reading the the can. Thanks to Jake Downey. It's uh Hidden uh, Secret Cove by Hot Butcher. Uh Citra and Hopped milkshake double IPA brewed with pineapple, strawberry, banana, coconut, and vanilla. Holy crap.
0: So Hot Butcher is amazing. And uh, but I, I don't think I've ever had anything from them that wasn't a double IPA.
1: <laughs> uh, or or triple or yeah, all they yeah. do are these
0: crazy double IPAs. But they're
1: they're one of the few that like never misses. Honestly, I feel like like yeah. I don't go out of my way to get the beer because I can't find it up here, but you know, if Jake ever you know wants to meal some back and I'll buy it from him or something like I I always take him up on it. it
0: has been it's been good stuff. And no, no pre-drinking, Brandon. went right from work into the show, man.
1: <laughs>
0: no pre-drinking today.
1: Um, Sometimes, sometimes I do though. I, uh, I found in the last couple episodes that sometimes I just tend to be more social and talkative, (laughs) uh, you know, you know, coming in, you know, with just a little bit of a buzz or something. And, um, I also have found that I tend to, uh, forget a lot of words and, uh, forget some of the things that I wanted to talk about. So maybe it's a double-edged sword, but
0: You get a little Um, lit when we break out (laughs) Bry Guy, science guy, or whatever.
1: Yeah, it depends on how long the episodes go, though, too, right? Like, so, uh, we're only 50 minutes in, uh, tonight, and, you know, two beers in, feel fine. But, gosh, there's some nights I'll, I've, uh, this is what I use for, for keeping my beer cold. I have a, uh, I have a like insulated backpack that I just sat next to my desk and I'll put like homebrew bottles or beer cans or whatever in it. And I'll just unzip that thing. And uh, I usually put like four or five beers in it just cause I can, you know, I want to have like a little bit of a, you know, an inventory. I want to have something to choose from if we talk about something and some episodes I go through like the entire backpack and like, it'll be like, okay, shows over, like <laughs> going to bed. <laughs>
0: i look over like right now it's uh in mine So i have a, a fridge next to my desk is uh I, i've got one hams and then like uh 14 beers that are all over eight percent i think <laughs> and it's like how do i want this night to go well, that lager is about nine and a half oh that's great no yeah. i'm just joking.
1: i'm fucking with you <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> i think it's about six <laughs>
0: I've got all this treehouse beer and I've got a fridge full of hot butcher too. And, uh, yeah, rub you know, in
1: everybody's face.
0: Yeah. Why not? You know, I, I rolled the dice, took the risk, went to Boston before they closed or, uh, Massachusetts before they closed their borders.
1: Ron, man, uh, I'm telling you, you, you want to come on stream and like hang out sometime. You let us know. And you, you get lit with us on screen and you can just uh, sit there and train. The yeah, yeah. Literally like, like that's all you have to do. That's what interns, you know, do anyway, usually, right? Like, <laughs> Meal so, stuff from your bosses or
0: um, since most of these people that are watching are actually homebrewers too, I, I would open it up to we get a lot of good activity during the, the the episodes. You guys are great at commenting. But if you have any ideas for shows, things you want us to talk about, if you want to be on the show, um, by all means, man, you know, post on our Facebook page or send us a message. Um, you know, we I think we, we have a good handle on what we want to do to keep this going. Um, but we could always use more input and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and ideas from you guys. And as I said too, if you know, any brewers or people in the industry and you know, the inn, and you can get us past, uh, you know, some Facebook Nazi that just watches their groups and doesn't send any messages through, let us know so we can reach out to them.
1: <laughs> I, I promise we've tried to reach out to people. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're just not interesting, which is fine.
0: I think I, some sometimes though uh we don't even get past the uh like I said the 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 intern that's reading their <laughs> messages. So straight to the uh, spam folder. Yeah, straight to the spam folder. <laughs> Michigan who what? Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah. Are we going what are you drinking now? What did you just open? Oh, you just said it. I that, damn it you went double. Oh, I'll beat you. Can't meet you, beat you. How about a King Julius?
1: I'm trying to think if we if we missed anything on Scotch Ales. I've been kind of poking around and googling shit. It's either we uh we bullshit around and uh oh, fuck you. I, I had that beer.
0: That was so good. Bad bad lighting. King Julius from Treehouse.
1: I've so had this I'm glad you brought that up. Now I have something to talk about. So for it. <laughs> today uh uh I brewed and uh i'm trying to see if i can find it here with the exact uh, percentages were but um as a lot of people know um maybe not a lot of people that are watching but at least a lot of people in the homebrew club there probably are a lot of people in the homebrew club watching but uh, i like to like fuck around with the yeast um I try to be cleanly about it and stuff like that. And for the most part, I've never had an infected batch in like the two years that I've been freezing yeast now and stuff. So I think I've been doing okay, but um, I try to think about sometimes like what the next big thing is going to be. And and I try to stay ahead of the curve, you know, in terms of like home brewing and I do a lot of reading online. Uh, Brandon Edwards does even more uh, reading and research and shit than I do. Uh, That guy is just like a, like a homebrew online genius, but um so there's, there's, there's only so many like styles of beer really that can, you know, be invented, right. New England IPAs, you know, popped up and, you know, black IPAs were popular for a while and New Zealand Pilsners, you know, are they're starting to become a thing, but like it, there's, there's only so many types of malts and hops and ways that they can be combined uh, and stuff like that um to to create you know beer styles and so like i i i like to experiment and i think that one of the ways to sort of step outside those style guidelines is to maybe do like yeast blends um and from what i've read it's theorized that treehouse uses a a blend of yeast um Mostly in English yeast, but with a little bit of wheat yeast and a little bit of heffy yeast, too. It's something like 95% like English, 3% uh, wheat, and 2% um, uh, heffy. Something like that. Pretty close. Um, so I decided to, to give that a shot. And uh, I, I made the closest thing that I could find to a Julius clone, uh, which there's a lot of different like opinions on what that beer is online. Uh, I think that like it's, it's either beer advocate or AHA or somebody has like one opinion on what it is. And some random home brewer that's done like 20 batches um, that's been experimenting with like hops and stuff like that has, you know, his own opinion and thinks he's, he's pretty close. Um, And and I went with that one just because I, I don't know, I trust. I trust people's flavors. Yeah, he's the one drinking it all the time, right? Like I the first time I've ever had Julius was literally 2 weeks ago. So Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um and 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 it's mostly his recipe was Citra and Apollo. And and it's and it's 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 the opposite of what I would consider to be like a Midwest New England IPA. Like does it say on the can? I don't think it does. Um and I, I was talking with my buddy, Peter Bentley, about this, too, uh, not too long ago, about, like, some of the, the hops that they use in some of their beers. Um, and and they, on their website, they'll usually give, like, broad descriptions. Uh, like, they'll say, like, you know, loaded with, you know, Australian and, you know, American hops or something like that. And, you know, with a description like that, you can usually assume that there's, like, Galaxy or Vic Secret or something like that in it, at least, um, yeah
0: it, yeah you're right the, the 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 verbiage on a can of julius is is very vague <laughs> um, and it's it's it could be on the can of 99 percent of the new england ipas on the market so um but the recipe that that he came up with um and
1: and i think it's probably pretty accurate because tasting cool. julius it's it's well, let me step back for a sec. Do you remember how in the beginning of the episode or somewhere in the middle, I don't know, whatever we talked about Pete malt, and you were like, it's the fucking Americanized bastardization of like a Scottish ale." Yep. Like I feel like, um, and maybe, maybe I've mentioned this on stream too, but like, I feel like new England IPAs have played the telephone game as they've traveled from the East coast to the West coast where, uh, you know, Treehouse and Alchemist and uh those guys sort of started creating these beers. And uh somebody a little bit west of them heard about it, maybe hadn't tasted it, created their own version, and then somebody a little bit west of them heard about it and created their own version, and it kept going and going and going and going until you get to like California, you know, and you have like a New England IPA that's nothing like what you would taste in Vermont. Um I feel like that's a little bit like what's going on. Cause Julius is a little more bitter than what I think like you'll find recipes call for online uh, for like traditional, like homebrew, New England IPAs uh, like often like no bittering additions, really high uh, chloride to sulfite ratios. Um, and you get into something like this Julius clone and there's uh, more, more, more sulfates than chlorides. It's like 150 to hundred parts per million. Uh, For like the water profile, which I know you don't mess with right now, but we'll get you there. I'll get you
0: there. Why? Why fuck with perfection?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's like a bittering edition and it's like a, it's, it's more of like the old school, like a IPA uh, hop schedule. Like uh, there was a, a 60 minute edition, a 20, a 15, a 10, but then there's, you know, the, the new school, I guess I'll call it like a whirlpool edition too where I whirlpooled six ounces of hops for a good half an hour. Um, and I think I chose like 120 degrees, which is a lot lower than I usually do. Um, but again, it's, it's an experiment. It's like, you know, an ever evolving, you know, shot. But then I used that yeast blend. So even um, I, I, I did it wrong, uh, admittedly. So um, what you probably should do, uh, if you're going to make a beer like this is probably just measure out the yeast percentages by weight and just dump it right into the beer. Um, I, I, I did that and then I stepped it up, which probably threw off the percentages. Um, but I think that's yeah. part of the fun of like brewing now. Like there's only so many, you know, clone recipes or recipes that you can create on your own or whatever that like, um, you know, that, that, that you can do before it's like, well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to follow a recipe anymore. I want to just see what comes of, of something. So I, I stepped up the yeast and it smelled a little heavy. Like it had just a hint of banana or something to it.
0: No, do I, you I smell that? I do. I do. I do. And, and a lot of people say like they, they, they say, um, so I did some reading on Treehouse, and it's funny you brought it up, but uh the, I, th- I think the flavors that they uh came up with were like melons and bum- bubblegum bubblegum yeah perfect and and i get that and and uh you know i so i do get that those those yeasty um kind of european y fruity you know definitely but there's the hops in this is so heavy it's hard to understand anyway and um i was looking at i was trying to find the article Zimmergy I think actually had a list where they thought it was like that was the other recipe I found I think
1: yeah I think it had like mosaic in it and stuff
0: well no just the yeast strain like uh the, oh. there was a, a clone yeast which was um like SO4 uh and then
1: T58 or something like that
0: yeah T58 yeah yeah there was like these three but it didn't get a com. it was like playing with a combination to try to find out what it was and um and that t T58 that's the hefe yeast right um that's the the wheat Or the, is wheat? the wheat
1: i think that's the wheat yeast and the hefe is like a or no no maybe i have that backwards maybe that is the hefe and oh. then the wheat is wb or something like that for wheat beer yes
0: but um i so i get where you're going like the next big trend is going to be these like designer yeast blends uh or it could be and that, that's I, no, interesting.
1: yeah yeah and and so I kinda got there because I've I've been getting into like sour beers and stuff this year too. Um, you know, and, and shout out to I've been reading, you know, this a lot more too, but uh come on, come on focus.
0: Put it in front of your face.
1: There you go. <laughs> American sour beers. American sour beers. But uh Michael Tonsmeyer, uh smart ass dude. Um Tim and Scott Janish uh run sapwood Cellars now. Um speaking of uh support support your uh your smart people uh, nice <laughs> but uh uh yeah i i think you know sour beers are sort of uh yeah every time you brew something you kind of get something unique and and you can you know sort of assist it to get it to where it needs to be but with with brewing normal beer like you're really in control of the flavor and brewing like mixed fermentation like sour beer like you you just sort of pave the way for the the yeast and bacteria to to do something nice and special and and just kind of let it be, you know, what it has to be, but uh
0: Yeah. Go for it. No, I was I, I was just going to say something else about sour beers, but that's probably for the sour beer episode. But anyway, um, I I really dig what you're getting onto with the the different yeast, uh, you know, blends kind of being the next step that we're going to take. And and I saw that you're putting together some of your own blends and and sharing them out, and I really want to try some of that. I think it's a pretty cool idea.
1: Yeah, even uh, even going to so as much as you know, I'm not a super huge Belgian fan, but like i think maybe like you know maybe a little bit of like just a belgian you know phenolic thing like in some beers could be like a little fun um a little bit of belgian phenolics and a wee heavy maybe uh you know i don't know maybe <laughs> or or maybe going like a like a just a little bit of heffy and like a you know a belgian quad or something i don't know you, i don't know man you know it's just uh I don't know i think that'll be fun but sorry to get off topic and and uh you know talk no, a fine. little bit i know it's the end of our episode sort of so i kind of figured i'd i'd splurge for a little bit and you know we we have these but
0: basically there's not that many out there um you know the people that like them uh in the club i think brew some really good ones there's some there's some good styles uh or good examples uh locally to try um <laughs> But, yeah, if you, if you if you want to try some of the, the Scottish Light or uh, other varieties, I, I think you're going to have trouble finding them. Find a home brewer.
1: I'll make some Scottish beer soon. We'll share it out. Right on. But That's about all I got,
0: man. Yeah, so next week, I'm hoping we'll have a special guest on. Um, uh, as soon as I get confirmation, I'll put it on the Facebook page. Um, but like I said, if anybody wants to put any ideas or comments, feedback on the Facebook page, feel free to do it. Um, regardless, we're going to continue to do this fun experiment. Now this is, this has been three months.
1: I know it it has been like, a. it's definitely been an experiment for sure, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's been fun for me. Like, uh. I come into every, every episode, like at least reading a little bit of something and learning a little bit of something new before I come on stream, just to make sure I'm not, you know, being a total asshole and like disrespecting the style or something. So (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm learning a lot while trying to talk through my ass. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I feel the same
0: way. I, I like doing the research and finding out this shit, even if it is conflicting. Um, but yeah, we, we're not doing this for money or for glory. We're just doing it to have fun and drink on camera, and uh, that's working. I think so. we've
1: succeeded at that. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> so yeah, right, yeah cheers, thanks guys. for tuning
0: it in. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. All right, have a good night, guys. Have a good easy.